Welcome back to Home Design Chat with Nancy, and I am your host, Nancy Hugo. If you're remodeling or building a new home, you're not going to want to miss this podcast. You know, I'm always talking about a different trade shows, uh, kitchen and bath show that I went to in Vegas. And matter of fact, I went to one yesterday, the hospitality design show in Vegas again. Well, our guest today just came back from Orlando, wonderful Florida where he went to, it's called Coverings. And Gil, who's been on our show before, Gil Olachea, is the owner of Ceramica. And by the way, it's wholesale only, even though he will answer questions if you email me, is with our is with our show today. So Gil, welcome. And now that you've come back from Orlando with all those goodies, what's in and what's out, the trends of 2023 for tile, we're ready to ask you a lot of questions. You ready to answer? I am, and thank you for <laughs> inviting me, Nancy. It's always a pleasure. Okay, so you got to Orlando. I know, not one of your favorite places, but they did have the covering show there, and you had no choice but to go. But why do you go? Tell us why you actually go there. Generally, I go. I attend this particular show because it really caters to my sector of business. Uh, there's Art Deco tile, handmade tile, specialty tile, unique tile, things that fit my venue. But I also go there for industry information and to ascertain what's happening in the marketplace and what's coming up in the future. So you mentioned that last year you went to Las Vegas to go to the covering show. That yes. would be 2022. So um, was it similar? Was it just as popular? Did they offer just as many new items? Tell me a little bit about that show that I did not go to. The shows are generally very much the same. What changes are the number of attendees and the number of exhibitors. The show that was held in Orlando was markedly smaller than that of Las Vegas. There were approximately 50 exhibitors in Orlando um, about 85% less uh, than than what was in Las Vegas. Wow, that's a lot. Yes. Yeah, in Las Vegas, there was over 125. Did you get a lot out of this show, even though there were less people there? What's your gut feeling? Actually, for me, I, I favored it because it provided me with a, much more time to interface with vendors and potential vendors talk with other manufacturers from other different countries uh, and understand what's what's happening in their markets uh, since they have that available time that they're not investing with other attendees they were very happy to speak with me mm -hmm. and so you saw a lot of tiles made from different countries right yes what was your favorite or what, what country is is the Easiest for you to deal with, I guess. Um, actually, the probably the easiest that I that I enjoy collaborating with, interfacing with, and understanding what's happening are the Italian manufacturers. They oh, they yes. pretty much drive um, when it comes to tile. They drive the trends. They drive the styles. They drive the fashion. Uh, they are very innovative when it comes to materials, to sizes, to textures. Um, so I really concentrate on that venue. They, in fact, they've split out the show with major manufacturers from countries like Italy, like Spain, Portugal, Brazil, uh, and then all the smaller countries kind of 
fend for their own. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you a real slanted question, uh, and I know that you only deal with the better tile, but if a client said, okay, what tile should I stay away from that's made in what country, what would you say? Hands down, it's going to be China. Uh, why is because that? It's very inconsistent. The quality is not always predictable. In fact, it's predictably unpredictable. Um, it's been my experience. I just I shy away from Chinese manufacturing. That doesn't say that all Chinese manufacturers of tile are subpar. It's just in, in my market, what I choose, what I select, what I look for. And I compare it. I compare it to what I what I believe are the top porcelain manufacturers are Italian and or Spanish. Uh, if it's if it's ceramic tile, then of course I compare it to my vendors who produce it by hand. And the manufacturers I have for ceramic tile are by far much higher in quality because of the controls that they have and the smaller batches that they produce. I noticed that you've listed Vietnam, Tunisia, Bangladesh, Thailand. Have they always been in the tile market and have their tiles always been popular or are they just starting to get into that area? Most every country has some production or form of production in tile, ceramic. Um, But what I've seen this particular show in Orlando is a marked visibility and presence from Vietnam where there was just a couple of exhibitors last year in Las Vegas. Uh, Tunisia tells me that that Moroccan tile is on its way back, and in fact it is. Um, Bangladesh, it, um, people will confuse that with the Indian, the country of India, uh, but it's telling me that India is getting either more expensive or that some of the manufacturing is moving from India because of expense and moving to Bangladesh. Okay, so those areas that I mentioned um well cheaper labor i hate to say cheap labor but it's true yeah it is true yeah there's less overhead less in terms of the content of the uh the cost of labor materials are basically the same Mm -hmm. um but it's just basically overhead what, what these manufacturers are looking for places to cut their overhead and improve their profitability yeah so today we're going to talk about trends because and there's no easy way to say that if you make the wrong choices, you're going to date your project, whether it's a kitchen or a bathroom or even a whole house, if you're going to pick tile throughout the house. Now, I'm sure everybody has seen the, you know, I'm going to say 18 by 18s, 15 by 15s that have a brown pattern in it. Um, and so when you do the whole living room or kitchen, it's very busy, extremely busy. And that, I think, is dated now. So I would not recommend any of my clients use that. What have you seen as far as trends go for the flooring? Flooring is much much more of a larger format, large format being like 24 by 24 inches and larger, 24 by 48, 30 by 30, 24 by 36. And that's something I've, I noticed in Orlando, lots of different sizes. It's not the predictable 12 by 24, 18 by 18, 24 by 24 that we were all very familiar with. Uh, Many manufacturers are coming out with lots of variability and variety in sizes. And I know we've talked about this before, but when you have large format tile, number one, you have to make sure that you have a very reputable, experienced tile setter 
because if the floor isn't level, you've got really nice cracks in your tile. Right? Yeah, eventually you'll develop cracks, but the, it, it starts off with prepping the floor and or the walls. Right. And this, it, but you, you lots of preparation. So experience really goes a long way here. Um, on top of that is knowing the type of materials that are going to be used in attaching this, these tiles to the, the surface, whether it's a floor or a wall. Mm -hmm. And then again, it's just making certain that everything is is uh, lined up properly so that you don't have varying grout joints. Mm -hmm. And that speaks to the quality of the tile. What I mean there is that it's the tile is going to be square. The, the corner is going to be 90 degrees exactly, not 89.5 degrees, which will over time, over space, you'll develop a, a varying grout width. It's yeah. very visible. I've even seen people lay tiles, and of course I've seen it after the uh, tile job was completed, where they looked at the chip on the square edge, it's called a rectified edge, and they go ahead and install it, and they figure, oh yeah, the grout will fill the chip. Uh, so if you guys out there are listening to this, be real picky about your installation because that will make or break your job. You agree? Yes, I do. Those chips that you're referring to actually create a micro crack that over time could very well, and especially with poor installation, will will uh, crack the tile and it'll come to the surface. You'll actually see it over time. Uh, it's it's an identifier that I've seen in many many applications, whether it's residential, commercial, or hospitality. So. I know you have a list and you gave it to me, but I'm seeing what's popping out at me is the terrazzo. How popular do you think that's going to be? And um, if, if people aren't familiar with terrazzo, if you went to any sort of school bigger than a one-room one schoolhouse, you probably had terrazzo on the floor, right? Right. Uh, terrazzo is just really popular, especially this year. I Virtually every major company produced it, whether it was the actual true terrazzo or a porcelain version of it, or even a, get this, luxury vinyl tile version yeah. of it, right? Yeah. Um, for those that live in the Phoenix metro area, if you visit Sky Harbor, um, most the term, their newer terminals are extensive use of terrazzo. The, um, I did an article on terrazzo, and they were showing it on a countertop, which I totally disagree with. Um, but it's it would be great in the right application, so I'm not going to poo-poo that. Yeah. Terrazzo is now at a point where you can use it indoors, outdoors, on walls. Uh, it, it's just, And I've seen different colors and, and different content, the content being it could be stone, it could be metal, it could be glass, it could be a variety of things that go into the field of the terrazzo. And it's not just cement any longer. It's high-performing resins that in the past would uh, discolor with the uh, the uh, sunlight. Mm -hmm. So do you want to describe how they actually install terrazzo? Um, the, sure, why not? The terrazzo that's poured in place rather than, than a tile, it's very interesting. They establish a bed, a platform, pour in the, the cement or the resin, and then over that, apply the whatever the content it could be colored stone, colored glass, it could be metallic shavings. Um, they finish it off, and then once it's cured, they go back over it with I'm going to call it a grinder. It looks like a pol floor polisher, 
and they removed the, the top surface and exposed the content that was poured in place. So from what you're saying, and I am familiar with this, I would recommend people who want to get Terrazzo have it installed by professionals because everything I've read, it's not that easy to do yourself. And also, if you get somebody who's not um, really experienced in that, he could make a he or she could make a mess. So it's and it can't be um, if there's a chip or whatever. If down the road there's a crack, it's very hard to fix, right? Yes, fortunately, in my world, Terrazzo as it re- as it relates to tile, it's pre-made, pre-cut. Right. So it's relatively easy to install by a, a competent tile tile contractor. Yeah. So what else have you seen that you would, I'm going to hit you with this. What trend would you put in your own house? 3D. Hands down, it's 3D. I, I've, I saw some exotic, elegant looking 3D type tiles uh, made of, out of stone, made out of porcelain, made out of a variety of materials. And the artistry that went behind it was phenomenal. I was very much impressed with that look. So if somebody wanted to see a 3D tile, do they just um, put in Google 3D tile and that should show it? Is that what they're calling it? Uh, it is called technically 3D tile, dimensional tile. Oh, okay. And, and uh, most manufacturers are promoting it that way. Others will call it their own special in-house name, but it's... It was 3D throughout the entire show. Hmm. Good to know. So um, we're going to talk about what's out when we come back from me talking about Monogram. Monogram, as everybody knows, is my favorite appliance, and they have very smart appliances. So you can get a whole kitchen full of appliances, or you can get a smart oven, a smart refrigerator, but it's all connected to a smart app. Now, you can get a smart appliance, and if you don't feel that you want to put the app on your phone, you don't have to do that. But just having a smart oven, everything is updated by the manufacturer and he, they add different recipes or different things that you can do with your foods. So it's definitely worth it. It's cooking for today. Uh, if you want to learn more about Monogram and their other appliances, you can go to monogram.com. I suggest that you visit a local showroom that has a working kitchen. So if you are remodeling or building new and you want to look at different appliances, make sure you try out the appliances. It's sort of like a bed. You want to try it out before you buy it. So that's monogram.com. Very simple. Okay, Gil, tell me what's out. Tell me what's not popular. So what what is definitely not out and and we're looking at leading edge trends, not what's presently out there in the main in the major market for mainstream consumers. Wood look porcelain, wood look porcelain planks, tile, anything along those lines, that is definitely out. Uh, there were some manufacturers that were displaying it uh, most of them are basically saying that they're trying to get rid of their vast inventories, which tells me that in the future, in the mainstream consumer market, there's going to be some great discounting going on. So every house that I see on Zillow has the vinyl planking. Um, I'm sure you saw that at the show, right? There wasn't as much vinyl or luxury really? what what's what's the term that i detest but it's out there luxury vinyl tile lvt there was not as much as it was in las vegas last year 
did I see it? Yes. Was it was it prevalent? No. Uh, was it available? Yes. Was it in for in the forefront of everyone's uh, booths? No. So yeah. it was a, an identification point to me that it's something that's going to be on its way out. Yeah. Well, we've been saturated with it. Yes. Every house that people have buy, um, you know, purchased and then flipped, they all look the same. It's time for somebody to have some individual looks to their houses. And I would say staying away from that, just like years ago, staying away from that travertine, which you said is totally out. Every once in a while, you'll meet somebody who wants travertine. And, you know, the big question is, why? Why do you want that? The real travertine is um, a high maintenance issue. So you can get tile and travertine. But do you really have people walking in and asking for travertine look tile? No, okay, I, so. have, I have, I have, I can't recall when it's been years when I've had a client, a designer and or an architect that wanted a porcelain looking travertine or even an actual travertine. The only time it happens is if they're trying to repair something that was caused by some flood damage or some other, some other wreckage that they needed to now match an installation. Yeah, which brings me to the point, when you're going to do a tile job, always buy extra and put it someplace where you're going to remember where you stored it. Because as soon as you buy it, they're going to discontinue it. That seems to happen all the time. So we're going to say goodbye to Travertine. We're going to say goodbye to the wood look porcelain planks and tile. What about those glass mosaics that uh, well, you see, I still see them all over. It's still popular in the mainstream, but it, it isn't as as readily available um, in the big box places because it just really is not in much demand. And it's typically the, the glass mosaics, stone mosaics that were one by one inch, two by two inch, one by two, uh, maybe mixture of glass and stone. Um, something that was you would find anywhere at all the big box places you'd find it online you'd find it anywhere that it was sold and the market to use your term nancy was saturated years ago by the chinese manufacturers i saw a lot of people use mosaics with the busy granite and that does not one does not complement the other it looks too busy right I, I know some people are pushing the maximalist look that's the busy to me busy crowded uh you walk into a room and you don't know what to look at first because you feel like you're in a secondhand store you know and that's not saying anything bad about the people who like maximalism i happen to think that more people are going for the clean look the minimalist look not completely minimalist but something where you can walk in the kitchen and it looks clean it doesn't look cluttered and i think with those mosaics in the back and then the busy granite it always looked cluttered Right. Yes. And what I saw throughout the show was definitely a clean look. Virtually any major exhibitor that were displaying their products was a clean image, whether it was a feature wall, a backsplash or anything that that was being promoted for either the floor or the wall. The busy look, as you called it, is out. It was wasn't anywhere available. You know what they say, people, a busy room um, is or a busy mind is full of clutter and you can't even think. And that happens in a kitchen or a bathroom or a living room. So the cluttered look is out. And I know there are a lot of people who really like that or maybe they need somebody to help them unclutter their house. But that's another show. I don't even want to go there. I do want to talk about Studio 41. 
They're my go-to. Just as Gil is my go-to for tile, I have Studio 41 as uh, one of my team members for um, kitchen and bath fixtures, as well as uh, cabinet hardware, which I keep saying is the largest selection I've ever seen in my life. They also have cabinetry. And in Chicago, or the other showrooms in Illinois, they also carry uh, tile and doors, um, windows. So, you know, if you live in Illinois, go for it because they have beautiful showrooms. In Scottsdale, the one that I use is the only one. It's their Starship in Arizona. And I always tell people to go there. And if you can't make it there, if you live someplace outside of Illinois or Arizona, you can go to Shop Studio the number 41.com. You can look at their showroom. You can buy online. You can call them. And that's shopstudio41.com. Okay. Big question, Gil. What about the supply chain? How are we doing with that? Things are actually improving. Uh, the the freight fees that were really exorbitant the last couple of years have stabilized between Europe and the United States. Uh, they've actually decreased in bringing in containers and ocean freight from Asia to the United States. Um, what's still of a concern is having plenty of raw materials to cover what previously was being uh, very, very much fulfilled prior to the pandemic and the shutdown. Mm. Um, so, so if I asked you what the typical lead time is, you don't know, because I'm sure every manufacturer has a different lead time, depending on where they are, where they order, and the raw materials. Yes. In addition to that, inventory or what's in stock doesn't have as much meaning as it did, say, three years ago. I could contact one of my vendors and, and ask them if a particular product is available in stock. They'd say yes. And for them, if they have 30 square feet, it's in stock and in available. Well, for me, it's got to be 3,000 square feet. So every manufacturer is having some difficulty in keeping stock, keeping inventory. My suggestion there is if if you find something that you love, you like, make certain that there's plenty of stock to meet your requirements and that it's not going to be discontinued or have any issues in supply in the next six months or whenever you're, you're planning your purchase. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And typically when you, first of all, before you order the tile, make sure you know how many square feet you need and then add 10% to that. Guaranteed, you're going to need it. Yes. So even though you are wholesale only, this goes for designers who are ordering, builders, tile installers, or if you're a do-it-yourselfer and you know somebody who's in the business, but definitely order more than you need. A lot of times people go, yeah, but what? I got all this extra. You will need it. Don't worry about it. Um, and I hate to ask you this question, Gil, but where are we with pricing? Pricing is somewhat stabilized, but it will it will continue to increase. Labor around the globe is increasing. The cost of energy is increasing. Raw material costs are increasing. So they, for the meantime, we've got kind of a, a breather that we're taking at the moment. But all the manufacturers I spoke with in Orlando said that they are, they will still have price increases. They just won't be as as um, common as they were the last year. Where last year, mo many of my vendors were giving me price increases every month, uh, mm. primarily driven by freight. But now freight is stabilizing. It's going to be replaced by labor, energy, and material raw costs. Mm -hmm. Well, and gas, the gas prices, the diesel prices. I just read something where California is going to do away with 
diesel trucks by 2036, which I'm not worried about 2036, but everything is going up. So if you're planning on remodeling, you better add a lot more than you thought it would cost, unfortunately. So we still have time. Let's talk about the um, pros and cons of installation. And I want to talk about the uh, flooring. Uh, stay away from the glossy tile. Uh, do you have tile with grit or something? Do you suggest that throughout the house? Great question. Um, yes, we do have tile available with grit. We're not the only ones that have that type of tile that's a that is available in the marketplace. Um, but it can be a pro and con or a a an issue with your the occupants of the residence. So if you're young and spry, won't have much of an issue. Your feet won't or your shoes won't catch onto it and make you trip. Um, if you've got a bit of an issue with mobility and you catch your foot or your shoe at the right angle on a tile with grit, it could very well just act like sandpaper and cause you to stumble. Oh, not good for the elderly. If you're doing uh, something for a living in place, be very careful with the tile that you pick. Right. So you can go from glossy, avoiding glossy and go to the other extreme and have something with, with grit. I'm going to call it similar to sandpaper. And you're going to be inviting different set of problems. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> excuse me. The tile that has grit or like a sandpaper, is that easy to clean? It actually is. Porcelain is relatively easy to clean when it has a gritty surface or a textured surface. Uh, relative, I, I mean, based upon what is what you're trying to clean out of it. If it's just household dirt, not an issue whatsoever. If it's going to be grease that's brought in from boots and such, you might have to just get on your knees with a, a cloth and some cleaner, and it'll come up easily. Much easier than stone or other natural products. Mm -hmm. Years ago, the most common tile, floor tile, I say many years ago, was, <clears throat> excuse me, the... Uh, I think it was eight or nine inch, and their grout was very thick. Now we have gone with the bigger tile and the smaller grout lines, but you still have eighth inch grout lines. That's about the smallest they can go. Do they typically, do you recommend that they seal those no matter where the tile is laid? Grout is a cement type product. Most grout, about 90% of the grout that's manufactured is made with a cement compound. And it is, it acts like a, like a sponge. It will absorb liquids and liquids carry the dirt or even if it's the floor is mopped uh, with any form of a, of, a, of a cleaner, it's going to act like a squeegee. If you don't seal it over time, you're going to see it will discolor. It'll get dirty. So the best thing to do is to prevent that, avoid having that, that look or that discolored look is just have it sealed. A nice commercial sealer, something that's not purchased at a big box place, uh, applied to the grout will save you lots of headaches and it will look great for years. Now, if you haven't done that, what do you suggest to clean the grout? Clean the grout with something called TSP. You'll find that in the big box uh, venues. Follow the directions, clean it first and foremost, let it dry, and then apply a good commercial uh, sealant. Hmm. Doesn't sound like something that you could just do five minutes before your company comes, right? Uh, correct. You want to do that <laughs> two weeks prior to that. 
Okay. All right. Do we have any last minute uh, comments about the covering show that you just went to? No, the next showing is going to be in Atlanta. Um, it'll be interesting to see what kind of attendance as well as the exhibitors will be there. Uh, myself, I will avoid that that particular venue. Sorry, Atlanta. Uh, but it's it's a, for me, I enjoy attending, uh, mixing with other like-minded people in the industry, learning what's happening around the globe in our industry and um, as well as what's happening uh, in, in, in politically with with uh, different countries. Hmm. Good, good to know. Well, I hope everybody enjoyed the show. I mean, Gil is full of information, and I think we do podcasts about every four months, three months, something like that. Yes. So, of course, you're going to be back. Um, but if you did enjoy today's show, please subscribe on the platform that you're using to listen to these podcasts. And don't forget to share them with your friends. Don't you want your friends to know all about this information? Don't keep it to yourself. And if you want to learn more about me, you can go to nancyhugo.com. And if you have any questions for me or for Gil, you must have a lot of questions for Gil. Don't hesitate to email me at nancy at nancyhugo.com, and I'll pass them on to him. I get these questions all the time, and I just kind of uh, disperse them among the guests. So, again, Gil, thank you so much for taking the time. I know you're a busy, busy person. You're so welcome. And everybody stay tuned to our next show and have a great day. Thank you for listening. Bye, Gil. Bye, Nancy. Bye.